Well, Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder is with us here this afternoon. Mayor, we've got you on the line. Well, thank you. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I delayed a little bit. I understand. A uh, lot going on here, and I appreciate your time. We always look forward to our monthly conversation with Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder. I, I wasn't going to start with this, but because we've just gotten the ruling out of Clay County that it appears a judge down there has, in effect, ruled against Governor J.B. Pritzker's pandemic restrictions, and it appears it lifts those restrictions for the entire state. Wanted to get your reaction to that and what you think that means for Springfield now and and in the weeks to come. Uh, You just put out a statement earlier this week uh, still encouraging people to wear masks, practice social distancing, use uh, common sense out there. What do you think uh, of, of this ruling today? Well, uh, we still need to do that as far as what we put out. Uh, you know, as far as the, I'm not sure the details of it. I think uh, it's been proven that the face coverings keep everybody safe. Um, you know, the and the whole purpose of it is to make sure the spread doesn't happen in greater propensity that it's occurring right now. And so uh, from that standpoint, everybody should use common sense with regards to you're in close proximity of others that you don't know who they are or where they may have been, it's just about spreading germs. And uh, that could be catastrophic to other individuals. And so that's why, you know, we re- reiterated the face covering aspect, making sure you're keeping your social distance uh, through the remainder of the year because the vaccine's not going to come around till first part of next year, more than likely. And then, of course, continue to wash your hands or sanitize. And it's just out of common courtesy and making sure that we're keeping ourselves, our family, and others as uh, safe and as well as can be expected. How concerned are you uh, that we could wind up having to go backwards on restrictions, return to phase three? And and if this ruling somehow stands and and the governor's authority to do this uh, is struck down, there's obviously local jurisdiction in some of this. Uh, Would you impose more serious restrictions if it looks like we're seeing cases uh, start to climb around here? Well, that's why I have to talk to uh, corporation councils about our legal ability. It's a health pandemic, and, of course, the health department's with the county. But um, actually, I talked to Chief Allen Riney about this because the formula being used and is about this very issue. We don't want to go backwards. And so one frustration that I have with the whole uh, getting to phase four is I thought we could have been to phase four on um, or allowed restaurants to open uh, inside a little faster than what they did. So we definitely don't want to go backwards. And uh, it seems like we all move forward together with Chicago and the rest of the state. And we want to make sure of if there is a spike of, uh, you know, hospitalizations or additional spread of cases, uh, which tends to happen with the more testing you do. Uh, but we've been fortunate in that regards. But uh, the other piece of it is that contact tracing aspect. So uh, we're trying to make sure that we cross our T's, dot our I's, so we can prove our case of why we should be staying in phase four. Here's what we're doing. Uh, and that's why we're trying to reiterate the uh, precautionary measures. And you know, I think locally, I think that's why we've had that success is because local residents, for the most part, I, I believe, are you know conscientious about that. Um, of course, I'll go into a restaurant. One's very compliant, another one's not. But we're going to, you know, try to reinforce uh, from a messaging standpoint the importance of doing that so we don't go backwards uh, with regards to that. So I'm sure this uh, case or this ruling in Calhoun County or wherever it was at, they're going to appeal it and it's going to get caught up in the legalese. But from a mayor's perspective, doesn't matter if it's Springfield or anywhere, 
Uh, we need to look after the welfare of everybody, and right now there's no remedy, and the only proven remedy is to make sure we do continue to precautionary measures like the social distancing or the face coverings, you know, uh, washing your hands as much as possible. You had argued that you wanted uh, to see the Springfield area move into phase four more quickly than we ultimately did, but you also said you were going to abide by the, the state's regulations on this. Not everybody did, though, and we know there were local businesses that jumped the gun, opened early, at least one restaurant, probably more, that had customers inside when they weren't supposed to. Is anything happening uh, with those establishments? Uh, there had been talk about possible ordinance violations. Is there going to be any action taken at all, or, or are they just able to thumb their nose at the restrictions that were in place at that time and nothing happened? Well, um, to answer your question, uh, we could do a ordinance violation. Uh, I don't think one's been written yet, and uh, from that standpoint, is will it hold up? You know, we can do that. Uh, now that we're in phase four, it's kind of a mute point. But what we are going to do, and I talked to uh, Chief Riney about getting with the health department. The health department used to do this. I know when Jim Stone was in charge, uh, they used to do inspections of restaurants, other places. And then the ones that were got the best ratings, they would, you know, say, hey, this uh, restaurant got an A or whatever, and they'd publicize that. That's the direction we need to go. We need to let people know who's in compliance so individuals that – are reluctant to go out, or uh, that would give them some greater surety that here's some of the restaurants or some of the places that are being compliant uh, through the inspection process. So that's something we will have that discussion with the health department and uh, move more towards that side of things. And then uh, with regards to the legal aspect, with regards to citations, uh, that's why I'll have to uh, talk with Corporation Council based on the ruling and see what is uh, allowable. Uh, based on uh, where we're at today. The community has been rocked in recent days. Mayor Langfelder, you preside over the latest American city to be shattered by a mass shooting. What happened at Bunimatic over on Stevenson Drive? So let me ask you, how have you coped with this? And, and what does this incident and its aftermath tell you about Springfield? Well, I think it's a, a numbing experience, uh, as you said, uh, Rocket shocking. Um, you saw our hearts go out to the All Miller, uh, the Gibbons and Strumpfers family. Um, it's just a tragic incident. Uh, I think Chief Winslow put it best. You know, here's individuals that worked at Bun for a number of years, and they you know just go to work like anybody else, trying to earn a living to feed their family, and this happens. I mean, it's just a tragic, horrific, uh, sad incident. Uh, what it shows uh, with regards to Springfield is how we do come together as a community. Um, I know you went out to the vigil, and we appreciate that. I think that's important, uh, especially with the pandemic and uh, what's happened with the tragic shooting is the importance of uh, media and keeping people engaged uh, because as a government, that's what we try to do as much as possible. Um, but uh, from the family standpoint, I, uh, they appreciate the uh, love and support and the prayers that people are offering them. Uh, as much as possible, because um, I think people are still in shock over it and kind of a unbelievable situation. 
You noted that we saw uh, our police department at its best, the men and women of the department who ran into harm's way, not knowing what they were confronting when they responded to that scene. Uh, But we also know there are still people with a lot of concerns about the overall state of policing around the country. There's been a lot of discussion about how that might play out locally here. Uh, There's been talk about uh, possible ordinances and things. What kind of conversations have you had and, and what changes do you think might be needed or warranted or, or that you could get behind as it pertains to the, uh, the the training and the deployment of our police? I think uh, one thing everybody, every citizen in Springfield uh, should take huge uh, pride in this police department that we have because you look at what they were asked to do this year, you know, since March. You had the pandemic where they put themselves in harm's way. You had to have the contentious protests uh, that they had to uh, you know, make sure that they're treating every fairly and equally as much as possible, keeping them safe, uh, keeping our business districts safe. And uh, they did a fantastic job. And then the recent uh, tragedy, you know, responding within two minutes, um, that just goes to the great support, great training we have. And that's due to, you know, quite frankly, the taxpayers of Springfield really provide the resources uh, that we try to return to them from that type of protection. So um, we will be taking a look at, you know, just not the police department, all our departments uh, take a look at uh, how can we provide services better for the new normal or whatever you want to call it for the future. And so it's from an individualized uh, level on up to serving a group. doesn't matter what department it is, if it's public works, mayor's office, the council, city council's office, or HR or the police or fire, wherever the case may be, uh, we should always be looking at how we can improve things. So the police department's no different. I think the pan or the, what's happened with the civil unrest, they're being compared like it, it always is the case. Something happens, it doesn't matter what town, it's a domino impact like it's happened across the country. So it uh, creates a added light on the police department and people, you know, clamoring for change, things of that nature, even though we're at the top level within Illinois and probably within the country with a lot of the training, things of that nature, it gives us the opportunity to take a step back and say, okay, with the 21st century policing that President Barack Obama put in place, uh, what have we excelled at? Is there room for improvement? And then what we know now, the direction of society, what can we do to really help protect the public that much more? And so uh, that's the added light we'll do ourselves. I know uh, council members are taking a look at it. I know the chiefs taking a look at it. U.S. Conference of Mayors, which I'm a part of, they have an own, their own advisory group, which uh, actually the one that's heading that up is the one that helped do the 21st century policing of uh, President Barack Obama, plus, uh, you know, uh, Mayor Lightfoot from Chicago and a couple other mayors and a couple of chiefs of police coming up with recommendations. So we'll take a culmination of all that and put forward uh, what we think would be the best practices for Springfield. Again, as you noted, you want to take a look at uh, throughout city government, making sure that you are uh, addressing issues of fairness and equity across the board. But but specifically with the police department, we know that Alderwoman Doris Turner, Alderman Sean Gregory and others, uh, they have uh, raised the issue, for example, of, of training. And we've had a couple of incidents in recent weeks where uh, police officers have been accused of 
uh, incendiary rhetoric on social media and, and elsewhere. Um, and there you know, are just some issues that have lingered for a long, long time about whether people are really treated equitably, equitably across the board. Do you think there's a need for change in how police officers are trained for the Springfield Police Department? Well, as far as uh, that goes, I think uh, Chief Winslow will be the best person to answer that. But uh, as far as uh, the disciplinary action that's been taken, you know, the body cameras have helped immensely. Uh, we've taken uh, proactive disciplinary actions in uh, numerous occasions um, with regards to that. But, you know, in talking with Chief Winslow, we're above what others require, you know, as far as the training aspect goes. Uh, can you, is there ever enough training? Uh, no. One of the things that uh, we wanted to do is it got cut out of the city's budget was have an assistant uh, HR director, which we sorely need. Um, but unfortunately, and that person would have, you know, oversaw training of different capacities, uh, but that got cut out of the budget. So, you know, um, it's nice to have training. Uh, the police department, they do it every year. They train individuals. When situations happen, like the George, the, Horrific uh, thing with George Floyd. Uh, the chief and command staff use that as a training uh, component of reminding uh, our officers of what not to do. And so I think that's the key to making sure that happens on an ongoing basis. So it's just not this formalized training that people kind of run to in times like this. It's the ongoing reinforcement of situations that uh, you run across. So uh, they use that on a you know a regular basis as far as a reminder to the rank and file of you know what's the appropriate action to take, and then that flows through, of course, to the disciplinary action that uh, has taken in the past. You talked about disciplinary action and how the department's tried to be proactive against officers accused of wrongdoing, uh, but we do also have, at least in name, uh, a citizens' oversight panel for the police department, but yet we hear very little, if anything, that panel has done. I know some members of the city council have talked about the need for more teeth in that. What are your thoughts on on that panel, and, and does it need to have more oversight authority and, and more ability to uh, to weigh in to hold police accountable? Well, as far as that goes, uh, I know they look at uh, complaints. You know, there is a process put in place. Uh, the chief is going to come with recommendations on that. I'm sure uh, Oldham Turner and Gregory will come with recommendations, too. And so that's what we have to sort through. What's the appropriate measures to take? Can they be doing more? Um, I uh, personally, when all this happened, uh, that's one of the things I looked at. Uh, you know, when we, uh, you know, it had sat dormant for a number of years before I even got an office. So we uh, got it back running again in 2017. And of course, it was said, well, there's no complaints. Uh, so it's a combination of things to make sure that you're improving processes because, you know, that's what the value of the inspector general has been. Uh, the inspector general was something that was uh, not a workable um, process. When we got into office, we made it a workable solution to look at issues, uh, regardless if it's police or other matters, uh, that people feel comfortable in filing that complaint or, uh, you know, if there's a discretion that needs to be taken a look at, investigate the inspector general process has worked well. We want to make sure that the uh, police review commission uh, people feel the same way. 
In some uh, communities, there has been talk about uh, distancing, for example, school districts from the police department, not to have so much of a police presence in schools to lean more toward social workers, mental health, etc. Have you had any conversations with District 186 about the use of Springfield police as school resource officers? And do you expect any changes to that practice? Well, the funding does for that does come from the school district 186. I think that gives reassurance. I think it's a way to get the officers engaged. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, building trust in the community, I think that's an important component where they see the officer as someone there that would help them in their time of need and everybody feels safe. Uh, you know, we talked about the tragic bun shooting. Uh, we've had situations like that in schools. And so for myself, from a personal aspect as a father, as mayor, I think uh, having police in the schools, it's the, unfortunately, we'd like to go back to the way when we went to school, when you didn't have those incidents arising, but we don't want to be second-guessing ourselves when tragedy, uh, God forbid, if it ever would happen. You want to make sure you have everything in place as much as possible, and I think uh, I think having an officer in the schools, uh, it helps in multiple levels, just uh, building the level of trust, the comfort level, actually for students that, hey, maybe that's something that we want to aspire to. Uh, so I think it helps and also, uh, most importantly, protects students. We had several weeks of problems with these massive street parties that were breaking out at all hours of the night in certain parts of the community. Uh, and in the last couple of weeks, seems like that's gotten a lot better. Things have quieted down quite a bit. But now we're here at a holiday weekend. What are you expecting going forward? Well, we're trying to keep a lid on it, so to speak, with regards to that, because they're pop-up parties, and you never know when they might occur. And so it's a disruption to the neighbors and the neighborhoods, um, and that's the frustrating part of it, especially with the pandemic, you know, places you're limited on where you can go. Um, and so that's kind of um, kind of sprung those up. But this has been going on for, you know, decades, really. That's It's an ongoing challenge for our community, but it's one that has to be met with my own personal opinion, again, is one you just can't ignore. You have to um, try to nip it in the bud before it starts, because once the numbers are out there, when you have hundreds of people, then it's hard to get control of that situation. So uh, that's what we'll try to do as much as possible. But, uh, you know, it takes resources to make that happen. And, um, you know, that's what we intend to do to the best of our ability. Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder is here with us live on WMAY. Mayor, let's uh, return to the subject of the pandemic and its impact on the community. Uh, We have seen a lot of Springfield restaurants announcing in just the last few days that they are closing their doors for good. Uh, We're coming off of months where we've seen dramatic uh, decreases in sales tax revenue and other revenues for the city because of the economic impact of having to shut everything down because of this virus, and now some of these businesses are are going away for good. What does that mean for the city's revenues going forward? And and give us an update on what you're doing to cope with those challenges. Yeah, on the revenues going forward, we'll have a clear picture um, really in August, but July we'll have uh, the March, April sales tax numbers. Uh, In August we'll definitely have the May ones, and those were the big three months because um, phase four, phase three came around and uh, June and now in July, so uh, that's so in July we'll have a better aspect in August for sure. But uh, we are expecting a dip, of course, with everything going on. But there's other you know times where, and that's what's great about local support. People understand the need to shop local or go out and eat, support our neighbors, uh, because it does help 
them out. It helps our community out, especially providing services. With regards to the closures, uh, you know, there's a couple of shockers there. You know, one, uh, Augie's, uh, we knew that was going to happen because he talked about his retirement at DSI's annual dinner. The one, uh, the one that really surprised me was, of course, the feed store and, uh, you know, that uh, aspect. And so I'm, I haven't had a chance to talk to the owner about if they plan on selling the business. It's my understanding that Robbie's was uh, going to try to do that. Same with possibly Augie's. But uh, that's what we need to um, find out with regards to the feed store. Uh, Dell's Popcorn Shop, and you're seeing this uh, in other areas where people are, especially small businesses, they're putting in their time and energy. And from that, it's more of a, a contraction where they're going to one site uh, because I think people are assessing the value of time in their lives through the pandemic. And for small business owners, they have put a lot of sweat, equity, and a lot of hours into a business, uh, especially the free press coffee. You know, that's they're traveling from Pittsburgh to, or Pittsfield to Springfield. And I think we're seeing that contraction where they're consolidating. The good news is with regards to the resiliency of Springfield is, you know, with the harvest market is going to be a new shopping experience out of the uh, uh, country market or county market out at um, Veterans, off Veterans, and then Portillo's making that announcement. So we do have a lot of staying power, but the small businesses is a concern. And we're hopefully we'll roll out our uh, small business program through Justine Peterson in the uh, next two weeks. And, support. and Mayor, um, the last time we talked, you had expressed hope that there could be some form of an Illinois State Fair uh, and that uh, there would be some uh, opportunity to do even a scaled back version. And obviously that isn't going to happen now. Uh, your your thoughts on that and uh, what that means for the community? Yeah, that was uh, disappointing. I thought that there could have been a smaller footprint in different areas. I know they are doing the, I think it was the Zoom with the auction, uh, the uh, sell of champions or what have you. So uh, that's good from the standpoint of, you know, young people that put in a lot of time and effort all year round to get to that point that they will see some type of reward. Um, but I wish, you know, like everybody, I knew it wasn't going to have the uh, beer tents necessarily or the concerts uh, or uh, the rides, things of that nature, but could we have done something else with regards to food Trucks, music, smaller music venues, ethnic village, uh, things of that nature. I thought that could have been possible, but um, it will be a hit to the city uh, from the standpoint of kind of additional visitors, especially with our hotels and moving that direction from the sales tax aspect or the um, taxable portion of it. It's, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, uh, probably, you know, in the low millions, uh, which is significant to our budget, but hopefully we'll be able to pick it up where people aren't traveling as much and they'll spend more locally and doing the staycation, so to speak, where they're spending more time in Springfield and supporting one another here. In uh, the, the days after we saw some of the unrest in late May and early June here in Springfield, you had talked about the need for uh, improved economic development in underserved areas. One of the things you talked about was extending a TIF district, extending it up into the Pillsbury Mills neighborhood. Is there any update on that? Where does that stand? What's the process there? Well, uh, we will have to address that in the uh, fall session uh, with regards to the legislature. It will take legislative approval to um, extend the TIF. And so that's what we're asking for, getting an extension of that. And then once that happens, then we can uh, move the boundaries with the, you know, the normal process uh, associated with the city council and having you know, community meetings, things of that nature. 
And, and if that is, in fact, approved by the General Assembly, what's your hope? What do you envision happening there if that TIF district is extended into an area that, of course, has really struggled and still has this looming ghost of a plant there right in the background? Well, one of the aspects is uh, with regards to the area, the housing over there needs help, and that's where we've been successful, like Enos Park neighborhood. Uh, that's kind of a neighborhood TIF, and so that would give individuals in the area the ability to, um, you know, have a home improvement uh, if they need an exterior improvement like a roof. Things of that nature might not have a capacity, so it really helps preserve your housing stock. Um, the other component is with regards to the grounds around there, if uh, there's any planning that uh, needs to be done or infrastructure, it just gives you another um, opportunity for additional revenue source that can help with those immediate needs. Mayor, in uh, recent months, we've talked about a lot of big projects on your wish list, things like uh, the North Mansion Y-Block development, changing uh, some of the uh, one-way streets downtown to two-way streets, uh, a UIS presence in downtown Springfield, even Hunter Lake. Are, Are all of those things just in limbo right now because of the fact that we still really don't know what the full impact of the pandemic is going to be? Well, uh, you're hitting all the bases, that's for sure. <laughs> With regards to Hunter Lake, actually, the Army Corps is getting a recreational um, analysis done through the U of I. And so once that's done, uh, then we can move to the next level, hopefully uh, move it to where Hunter Lake is the uh, preferred alternative. But uh, we should know that probably, I think, uh, by the fall, uh, what where we stand with regards to the next steps. The other thing with regards to the Y block, I think uh, what we are contemplating uh, to put it out for bid again, just to see if there's any interest. It's a prime location for downtown. I think people understand now the value of having that open, activated space, especially with the Levitt Concert Series, and now with the pandemic, people keeping their social distance. Uh, So there is value there, but how do you get the financial resources to make that happen? Is there a developer that wants to uh, build a rooftop cafe or something of that nature, or a wine bar that, uh, on the one side, that wouldn't prohibit uh, the view vantage point from Capitol to the mansion, but takes a look at the Capitol? I think that's a prime location. And Mayor, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt, but we are out of time. Oh, that's we right. Appreciate all your time. We'll do this again soon. But in the meantime, Happy Fourth of July to you. Yep. Hope you have a happy Fourth. Thank Take you, Mayor. Care.